Okay, I think it was a week ago or so we told you about this lady that's coming to uh, Pritchard Laughlin Civic Center November 1st. I know it's a ways off. Uh, her name is Sheila Walsh, but she uh, ministers in song, but even more important, she has a tremendous ministry about overcoming discouragement and depression. Uh, and Ruth is going to this and wants us to give any other ladies opportunity. We had a couple. Why so far in advance? Well, it's already half sold out. So it's going to probably, most likely, sell out. And if you're interested in going, at least let me know. Ruth is in the nursery uh, doing her duty today. So then the church will call, uh, purchase tickets because they are numbered, so that you can try to sit together, and then you would pay the church. Tickets are $25, a little pricey, but so be it. It's out of our control, and they're non-refundable. So remember we said it. If you pay, you're gone, unless the rapture comes, okay? So uh, that's not to keep you from going. That's just to let you know it's the way it is. All right. How many of you plan on going to heaven? That's pretty cool. All right. Well, that's awesome. Tonight, we're going to deal with something that can keep you out of heaven, okay? So the Bible says... Without, you're not even going to see the kingdom of God. Without holiness, you're not going to see it. But you're all saying, you're going. So, outside of you plan on dying tonight, or maybe going to work, you better find out what that, so you're sure you're going to heaven. Without it, the Bible says you're not going. You're not even going to see the kingdom. So I would think we better pay attention to that. All right, but here we go now. We'll be presenting that word to you tonight. I'll be uh, giving that to you at 7. This morning's message, titled it, My Prayers. My Prayers. And you'll see why here in a little bit. The opening text is Matthew 7, 7. I know that uh, through the years, I've been saved 40 years now this year. And through the years, we kind of look for all these different reasons why uh, we kind of don't attack prayer, why we don't uh, go after it. And again, that's what I'm about to do this morning. And I hope it just doesn't boil down to laziness and we just don't want to. I mean, gosh, I, I hope that isn't the truth. Uh, but here we go again. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So we see a, an increased intensity going from asking, seeking, and knocking. So Jesus tells us to have a passion in prayer. Now when we look at these words, we have to look at them through the interpretation of what the writer was saying. Because I can ask for a Dairy Queen. Uh, can I have that Dairy Queen? And this is not what this is saying. When God says ask, he means to beg, crave, and inquire. i got to have that ice cream. Beg and crave. Now you compare this with our prayer life, with the church's prayer life, with America's church's prayer life. Okay, and that's just one word. Remember, each one is supposed to intensify. So the first one is 
Christ is saying to us, ask, beg, crave, require. And then that word seek also means, um, it means to, to demand. God, I've got to have the presence of God in my life. I don't think that upsets God. I don't think, oh, you shouldn't pray like, no, God, without you, I'm done for. Thou son of David, demand, cry out. God, we need to move. That's this ask and seek. Maybe we don't understand this as people of God. America has been duped. You think church is a nice, quiet little place. This should be a fort where we come together and cry out to God and God lays out a blueprint for the strategy for the next battle. That word knock means with a heavy blow. A heavy blow. So you can see these words now maybe are a little different than what you normally look at. To beg for, to crave, to demand, to knock with a heavy blow. And when I was in the Air Force, there was a certain way that they wanted us to even knock when we came to see the DI. If you walked up there and went, he about kicked you all over the place. He did. He really did. He wanted you to come up and give one hard swat. He'd go, come in. And so this is saying a, a heavy blow is exactly what this is telling us. God's promises are an answer to the one who diligently seeks him. He's a rewarder of those. He pays those who diligently go after him. Many of our unemotional prayers, they are. They're unemotional. They're not answered, I believe, for good reason. It's almost as if we are asking God to care about something we care little about. The urgency, the criticalness, souls dying. No urgency, no anything. Matthew 7, 8 says this, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Anybody can knock. If you had a pulpit in front of you right now, we'd try it. One, two, three. Anybody can knock. Anybody can pray. A blind man can knock. A dumb man can knock. Anybody, an uneducated man, can knock. God has not made this difficult. So it's a proven fact that we are to ask God to intervene when we pray. Get wrapped up in it. Seek it with all your heart, not, oh, by the way, God, bless that poor dying soul. I don't know how many times you've told people, yeah, we'll pray for you, and you never have. Remember we were talking about Wednesday night, some of the uh, scriptures that absolutely make us tremble. Ruth was in PA, but she texted me and said, you know what makes me tremble is every word I will have to give account for. I'll pray for you, Jason. And you never think about Jason. God's going. I mean, I, 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 I'm just not sure 
how we are in this Christian walk that we have here in America. So God is not asking not only to ask, but God said, I will answer. I will answer you, Almighty God, Almighty Father, Omnipotent, All-Powerful, everywhere. Isaiah 58, 9 tells us, here's some prayer scriptures. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, here I am. Jeremiah 33, 3, ones you've heard, call unto me, and I will answer. Show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. Isaiah 65, 24, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. These are awesome scriptures. I think we modern day Christians struggle over these prayer scriptures because we have so many unanswered prayers. So therefore, I don't know if we actually believe these portions of scriptures. Because um, probably you're thinking, well, I have asked. Or could it be that you and I are not recognizing God's answers when they come? Because you've painted this fairy tale answer of how it should be and the way it should be and when it should be. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Listen, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Big key right there. This is a huge key. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So it's possible we are not even on the same playing field as God. Is it not according to that? God says, your thoughts and mine, how you think the prayer answer should be or when or how or which way or how much or if it should or... God says, you and I aren't even on the same ball field. I'm over here. God is saying, hey, by the way, this is my game. I started this. I died for you. My rules. And so we're over here saying, God, I've prayed already, and you never answer nothing. We could be on the wrong field. And I think we are a lot of times. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven... Returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So shall my words be that goeth forth out of the mouth, out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing wherein I sent it. That's what God says, his word. So when you read those prayer scriptures, and you have all those doubts and things, well, I did and it didn't happen. You better look around. See if you're not out in 
left field somewhere by yourself, thinking the wrong way. Things that I have prayed for, my prayers through these 40 years. Many times I ask for strength. God, I need strength. Strength meaning power and ability to be able. Able to what? Able to serve you. Able to lead my wife and children. Able to lead this church. God, I need strength. I need the ability. It's beyond me. You ever pray that? All right. Then the answer comes. God gave me unbelievable difficulties to make me strong. I don't know what you were thinking. Maybe you were thinking I was going to say all these great promises. They're all, they're all. The book's full of promises. I'm saying, God, you've got to make me strong. Give me strength, God. God says, okay, handle this. Walk through that. Get victory over that. And you become strong. I said many times, and I'll say it again, a long time ago, I asked the pastor, what's up with this? Everything I do seems to just be a chore. And he said, God's putting iron in your soul. Well, couldn't I just take a pill? No, you've got to go through them. So God brings difficulties. Well, you've got to have strength to get through. When you think you can't take another breath, Moses, my servant, is dead. He goes, now therefore, arise. Can you imagine their great leader, Moses? He's dead, not only dead, he's gone. They can't even find him. Can't even mourn for him. God turns and looks at the people, and he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, get up. Go over to this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon that I have given you as I have said unto Moses. God says, get up, you do it. Face this tough situation. Get up and go over. Get what I have gave to you. Go for those promises. Yes, there's enemies in it. Yes, there's difficult. I'll be with you. Go do it. We're over here in this ball field saying, God, can't you just wipe out these people? Just say one word, they're gone. God's over here saying, rise up and go through them in my name. I'll be with you. No wonder you want to play on that field rather than this one. This is not the American Christian message. You won't find this on TV, but you'll find this in real life. Joshua 1, 5 through 7 says, Therefore, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Awesome promises. Then God says, Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whatsoever thou goest. 
God calls you to do things you can't. Trials produce strength. So throughout my 40 years, I pray for wisdom. Lord, I've got to have wisdom. Wisdom to be or become wise. Act wisely according to the Word of God. I don't want to be an Einstein and fill out a, a whiteboard as long as that wall with all these theories. I want to know this, God. God, help me to be wise in this godly wisdom, Lord. I must be wise if I'm to lead these people in the last days, God. I must have wisdom, Lord. Then the answer came. God gave me what seemed like unsolvable problems. Fix that. Peter says this, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. It's to try you. You see that? Don't let any silver-tongued, lying pulpiteer tell you different. It's to try you. As though some strange thing happened unto you. This is not strange. God says, I do this to all my warriors. I do this to all my people of God. Fiery trial means calamities. Calamities. Boom, everything's falling in. I'm praying for wisdom. You're going, what in the world? 1 Peter 1.7 says that the trial, not picnic, not ice cream social, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Christ. It's the proving test, your trial. These problems, these situations, as you're crying out for wisdom, God wants you to see if you put your hand in His, He will drop things in your heart and your mind that you will speak forth or hang on to as you walk through these unbelievable, and you'll come out the other end. Pray for wisdom over here. And then we just sit on the couch with our Pepsi and chips and wait. For God to touch us with his wand. Bing! Two plus two, four. Four plus four is eight. Eight plus eight. That's the American way. It's ridiculous. On in my life, I've asked many times for courage. You see, with the modern American Christian, as you lay this stuff out, what do you think their response will be? I ain't praying for that. That's the response. Instead of thinking, oh my gosh, that's right. Now I understand. They'll go, you better not pray for that. How many times have you heard that kind of thing? So we're the baby Ueys of Christianity. Who's old enough to know what baby Uey is? Jeez, you guys don't know what baby Uey is? Who doesn't know? Oh, my gosh, YouTube. Steve, you know who Baby Uey is. 
Remember, who was the character? Donald Duck and his little nephews. And he had that one big giant duck that walked around with a huge diaper and didn't realize how strong he was. That's us. Bunch of baby youths walking around in diapers when we have all the promises God had bodily in us. And we say, quack, I'm not praying for that, quack. So I ask for courage. Courage means to prevail, to make bold, to withstand. And as it gets worse and worse, I'm praying for courage so I don't run when they come after me. So I don't say, I don't know them. Courage. Lord, I have to prevail. I don't want to just start this race. I want to finish it. I must prevail. I must be bold. I must be able to stare down the enemy to withstand. And so, my answers came. God gave me unbelievable dangers to overcome. In the middle of the night, fear, attacks, battles. Numbers 13, 33, there we saw the giants. The son of Anak, which came of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. So we were in their sight. There's a time you pray for courage, you're going to have to face the giants. Face the voices, the screams, the fear, the attacks. Well, I ain't praying for that. Well, then you just stay here then. In that field. This is Christianity. You know that there are evil spirits. You'd be foolish to deny that today. God says, if you want courage, then I will place you in position where you will have to use that courage. You will have to dig deep down. Listen, look, look. It's not digging deep down in me. Oh, there's courage. No, it's digging deep down in God that's in me. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, would the God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God had died, or or would God we had died in the wilderness? Everybody coming against you, everybody. Wish I'd never seen you or met you. You stand, courage on this, believing this and this alone, no matter how many come against you. Numbers 30, 13 says, or 13, 30 says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Missing in American Christianity is backbone. Godly backbone that can be placed there. 
Everybody's screaming, it's over, it's crazy. One guy stands up and says, we are well able. One guy with backbone. One guy with courage. One guy stepping up. How many times have you prayed for prosperity? Prosperity means success and wealth. And I'm not trying to be super spiritual, but I've always tried to say, God, I want that in the spiritual realm. The success and wealth, wealthy in, this, in the things of God. God knows that we need finances. The ability to take care of our families. So when God created us, he gave us strength and brains to work. You could be over here saying, God, I have nothing to eat. God's over there going, get a job. It's in the word. God says, if you, if you don't work, you shouldn't what? Proverbs 6 says this. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. How wilt thou sleep? How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall my poverty come as one that travaileth, and they that want as an armed man. God says, get a job. That's what he says. This is the truth. Proverbs 18, 9 says, he also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. If you're about to get married and your dude has a list of no working, no jobs, no nothing, one word counsel. Run. Absolutely. Look, God blesses hard work. He does. I'm not talking about everybody's supposed to be rich. I'm not talking about that. You get a job, it's a lot easier to buy shoes than playing in this field wanting shoes. Right? Now why should God bless you? If you have the ability, he's given you a brain, you have a body, you can function, you can work, and you refuse not to. And are, are we not living now in a world where I think this is true, where the non-working people outnumber the working people? So another time in my 40 years, I've asked for patience. Oh, don't ever pray for that. Isn't that what we say? I'm telling you, we're going to start up that running in the wall ministry real soon. You remember that ministry? You don't? You do? Because God tells us everything lays it out and we don't do it. So you might as well just run with all your might into that wall. Go for it. I mean, it's, it's the truth. What do you expect to change? Patient means to en endurance means staying power. Persistence. Look, someone God can count on. Patience. Endurance. You don't want to pray for that? Or we just want to walk in Walmart and pull it off the shelf. Patience. I'll take that. It just doesn't work that way. That God says, remember, your ways and my ways aren't the same. 
We've got to get rid of your Americanized gospel that everything is just covered with candy and cotton candy and sugar-coated, and you can have it all. And God says, no, no, no. You need to walk in the valley of the shadow of death. You need to walk where the flood's coming in. You're about ready to die. That's what teaches us and, and causes us to rely upon God. So then the answer came. God placed me in situations where I was forced to wait. No answer. Nothing from God. Wait. Cry out some more. You swear it's too late and all you got to do is still is like, wait, wait. Isaiah 8.17 says, and I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Israel, and I will look for him. Sometimes you just got to tie a knot on the end of that rope, man. Wait! Doesn't mean you're not doing anything. Doesn't mean you're still not teaching VBS or helping out in the nursery or playing something. You're still waiting and serving. Waiting and serving. God will place you in those points where it seems like you're in the middle of the desert. No big deal to God. Any little minute, God can see fingers and water come bubbling up out of the middle of the sand. Quench your thirst. But God says, you need to learn to wait upon me. Me. Because we are people, we'll do it ourselves. God doesn't. I believe that's where God's putting the church. America's getting worse, worse, worse. God's church, not the church is. God's church is starting to elevate their prayers. More, more. This ain't getting any better. This is getting worse. We better do something. We start to turn up the thermostat. Or you should be on prayer and crying out as America gets worse. And worse, because it's the only thing that seems to move us. Other than that, we don't ever ask for prayer or want to pray. So if something happens to us, I've been giving this scripture out to a lot of people. They that wait, endure, persist upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Sometimes you've got to try a double knot in and hang on. You can barely hang on anymore. You hang on to your wife. She hangs on to the children. Wait. As God's attempting to make eagles. Where are the eagles? Where are those that though he slay me, yet will I trust him? I don't care what happens. Live or die. Where are the eagles? Do you want to be an eagle? Wait as, as eagles. Then you wait. You cry out. You endure. You hang on. You tie a knot. You tell your children, I don't care what they're doing. This is the true way 
Remember, hang on, I hope it don't pop again. Getting a new one of these soon. This one. Drive through Croatia. I'm waiting for that new one. And waiting. <laughs> Remember, Samuel told King Saul, just wait until I return. Remember that story? Don't do a thing. Just wait. And he waited for a little while. And the people got antsy, started moaning. The enemy kept building up, getting larger. Send scouts out the next day. They're twice as big now. You better do something, king. The prophet who prophesied whose words never fell to the ground, Samuel said, wait upon the Lord. You know what the story is? At the end, Samuel came, or Saul came and made a mess of everything because he didn't wait. He thought God was taking too long. So if you're an unmarried woman, you just go out and pick somebody with a pair of pants on. Because you are tired of waiting. Because the world tells you at this whatever age is, you should be high time married by now. Which the world, you're not even supposed to be a part of the world. As if your heavenly father doesn't know who you should marry, or when. That plus everything else we don't wait for. So, you do need to have endurance. You need to have staying power. You need to have patience. You need to learn to wait upon God. That's an action. That doesn't mean just sit in your hammock and do nothing. pastor calls you and says, man, we need so much help. No, I'm waiting on the Lord. Seriously. Okay. These are true. These are true things I've asked for. And I've asked for love. God, you've got to give me love. You just have to, Lord. It's getting easier and easier not to like people. Lord, love meaning brotherly love, meaning affection, meaning goodwill. By this, you will know that you are my disciples. God, you've got to give me this love. This is supernatural, Lord God. So what's, what's God's answer to me? God gave me troubled people to help and to care for. Over here, you just want to have this bang. And say, oh, I just love you. Come here. Is that true? God gives you the unlovable. You understand? I keep telling you over and over. God is calling you to do things you can't do. I don't know if we believe that. And so he brings these things that you can't do in your life. I can't hang on anymore. I don't have any more strength. And God tells you he's the lifter of your head. 
and you can never understand the impact of that until your head is too weak to lift up. And you find God coming and lifting up your head. Oh, yeah. That's why God's ways aren't our ways. We are enablers. God is not. Matthew 5.43 says, You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. Yeah, God, I like that one. But, oh, God, but I say to you, love your enemy. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Where's that at over here? What? You want to take your head off with the next pick. God is saying, no, 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 no. I want you to bless them. Bless those that hate you, that despise you, that use you and curse you. Bless them. Pray for them. Now, who can do that? Right. Jonathan said, what? Ping! I fear the arrow is beyond us. You're right. That stuff is beyond us, but not beyond your God who wants to do it through you. That's a real church. That's the real people of God. Matthew 22, 38 says, This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, hang the law and the prophets. It's like the hinge for everything. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I've become as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal with no love, no caring. They know it's not real. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, these are awesome things they're saying. And God says, you're nothing without love, without caring, without me able to prick your heart. Oh, that poor person, God. I don't even have to know who you are. You've been moved by God, pricked in your heart, and you keep praying for that. Instead of not, why are you putting me by this guy? Of all the people to work this thing. That's this field over here. Crying out loud. I want nothing but Christians to work with. In fact, I want to move to Christian Spring Valley. And we're going to have Christian Spring Valley School and Christian Spring Valley Nursing Home and Christian Spring Valley Retirement Home. And God's over here, what? Could it be we're not even on the same playing field when we pray and ask God? And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me Nothing. You need to ask for love. I'm not saying you'll get the most unlovable person in the world, but you might. You just might. See, in American Christianity thinks everything's just sweet and wonderful. No hard trials, no suffering, no difficulties, no hard tasks, no circumstance, no fiery trials. Now, I'm going to a church that doesn't preach that. Love suffereth long and is kind. 
Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not. Is not puffed up. God says, I'll give you a crew to take care of. You want love? Is there a people around that God can trust? How come God doesn't move with unbelievable, untremendous movements of, well, could he trust us, Lee? have any, but I'll use it for an example. We'll take all our tremendous, unbelievable, precious jewels that we've gathered over all the years and give them to Isaac to lord over. What? He'll be in and mixed with his Legos. He'll be in the carpets. He'll be out in the backyard. Well, maybe where else? Want more light while we obey the light that we are in already? Pure. That's the way it is. You won't come back tonight. When God is saying, without this, you're not going to make the kingdom of God. You would be sitting there going, I'm I'm the holy. What holiness do you want? Is this tie holiness or is this overholiness? Is that holiness? What's holiness now? We live in crazy America. And God is saying, without this, you're not going to make the kingdom. Ecclesiastes 12 says this Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Here it is. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work unto judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Now look, I've been doing this long enough to know that I cannot punch you into serving God. So you're not getting punched today. You'd be told the truth. It's just the truth. That's the way we are as Americans, and God's over here. God calls people to die for himself. Do you believe that? Do you not believe that? Is your silence telling me you don't believe that? Remember he said, hey, Paul's a chosen vessel. I got I got just something special planned for him. Holy mess. Look at life, look at Paul's life. Stoned, left for dead, day and night in the deep, three times beat to almost death with stripes, stoned. God said, yeah, he's a chosen vessel. Stephen just gets wonderfully saved, preaches a tremendous message, and then they bury him. They stone him to death. You see, we're not even in the same field. And right now, I don't know if you want to. You're over here and God's going, you're like, you don't want to play in that field. You want to play in this field. But this field is where the church has been, and that's why America is where it's at. America can wake up. 
when they see the true gospel, then the church wakes up. When the church wakes up, we're not going to need billboards and flyers and radio spots and TV spots. You're not going to see it. Your, your face will glow with the glory and countenance of God. People are overripe for hope and something to believe in. Well, so what's the conclusion of today's message? Well, I received nothing I wanted. But I think I received everything I needed. Most of you have been fathers. Most of us raised our children. Most of you are raising your children. Do you give your son and daughter everything they want? If you do, we have a name for you. You're an enabler. You're raising a crazy person. You are. If you do that, you are. You're going to raise an uncontrollable, selfish, live to myself, me, myself, and I, the most evil trinity there is. Well, no, you don't, because he knows you don't want your son to be like that or grow up that way or act like that. So you lay down and say, no, no, it's in it, final. So in all reality, all my prayers that I've been praying throughout 40 years have been answered. If I look at them through the Word of God, they have been. Those unbelievable nights where you just weep and cry and you can't believe what's going on. I mean, there are so many times I would tell God, God, how did I get out here? How did I get on the edge of this limb, God? And the enemy's going, I'm serious. I'm going, the pressure, the betrayal, the weight, the broken heart. God, how? And the enemy goes through. He finally cuts it through. And I go, Fault. God held him up on his word. But all the time, all my senses, everything's screaming that God has abandoned me. That I chose the wrong field to play in. Lord, you got to help us get on the same page as you, God. What I'm talking to you is supernatural. I know what I'm saying. It's supernatural. There is not one person here in their natural ability to say, I'll do it. It's beyond. You can't. This message is beyond. This message is beyond me. But it's true. And I tell God all the time, God, if you can use anybody, you can use me. I used to have a big old rock up here. And then when God says, if you don't praise me, if you don't worship me, this rock will cry out. And we would say, oh, God, don't let a rock take my place. Oh, God, please don't let a rock take my place. Let me worship you. Let me cry out to you. Our job is to pray. Seek God. Not tell them how to answer or when to answer, but to pray, to ask, to pray, to seek, to demand, 
Flow, heart flows, God! Well, you can call me crazy, really. I understand. But listen, God always has a group, a remnant, a person, whatever you want to call them. When times are so horrible and so bad, God always has someone who can. Now it's your time. And I believe as our country is spiraling out of control, going downhill, that I believe that God wants New Hope to be those people. To be that people. I'm asking if this altar call, could you just listen to the voice of God? Or can you feel his passion? It's you. It's you. And I understand what I'm asking. Do I have to put some things aside? I can't remember, remember the town we went to and I preached Mizpah. You go to repent, and then you go to put things away. And God is opening your mind and your heart, and He's reading about the last days that we're in. Don't think you can do anything about it. It's not true. But you have to give yourself to God. And you do that by just coming to the altar. And I don't care if you have nothing. I told you the uneducated can knock. The blind can knock. Someone who just can't read that good or understand the King James can still knock. That's what we're looking for. People that will come. And when you pray, understand God does answer prayer. That might not be your way. You're Americanized. We're going to open up our altars and see what happens. See who responds. See who comes. As our nation hangs in the balance, will you have a part? Will you tell God, God, here I am, just a lump of clay? Sometimes afraid of my own shadow, God, but if you want to use me, here I am. I offer myself to you. And remember, this is what we call stepping up. Stepping up is not going to just a few meetings on a different night.